The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. All right, welcome in Lake Kick is live. It is Tuesday night, October 12th, year of our Lord, 2021 jam-packed. It is Tuesday night. It is prediction night, so we're going to move on three games tonight. I've got Jesse, I think, at last check, three more added best bets tonight. we got a brand-new JP poll tonight. And what if I told you I just got a whole lot of free stuff that we have earned for ourselves? What if I told you that? Well, I'm going to, probably in like 10 or so minutes. Academy coming through for us. Thank you so much for being here. Make sure you are subscribed to the channel. Bud Elliott was in here earlier today and gave me a little hack. He said that we could set the YouTube channel settings to where only subscribers can comment. And since it's free to subscribe, I said, heck yeah, boom. So subscribe and you can talk all you want to in the live chat. Hey, uh, like I said, we've got some things going on with the show. Even as we speak, professional lighting team is in here. They just did all sorts of things in here. I don't know how it works, but so they're making our set look nice and sparkly. So a lot of stuff's happening around here because of you. So we always say thank you. Uh, it's not rehearsed. It's not in a teleprompter. We genuinely mean it. Thank you. And make sure you're following Twitter, Instagram, at LateKickJosh, because as many things as are happening right now, I get the feeling, as our friend Jim Ross would say, business is about to pick up. So let's dive into tonight's show. Now, we learned a tough lesson last week. I mean, we really learned a tough lesson. If you'll think back to last week on the show, I told you, and I've told you for a long time, when we do our game predictions on Tuesday night, we only predict games where we legitimately think there's a chance both teams could win. By legitimate, I mean like more than a you know, 1% chance. We did not do a breakdown for Alabama-Texas A&M last week. And we have slapped ourselves on the wrist accordingly, but we've also learned the lesson. And so tonight... Yeah, we're doing Georgia-Kentucky. Yeah, we're doing Bama-Mississippi State. Certainly, we're going to do the game that we're going to be at in Knoxville, which is Ole Miss and Tennessee. Lane Kiffin's return to Knoxville. Colin, a huge Lane Kiffin fan, Director Colin. He's very excited about that. So we're going to do all that tonight. But we're going to start in Athens, GA. Saturday, 3.30 Eastern Time. That's the kickoff, at least if you live in the Eastern Time Zone. On CBS, it is Kentucky. It is Georgia. This is a massive point spread. It is a fat line and a lot of you have taken umbrage with it. And you guys know how rarely I use the word umbrage, but yet Kentucky fans feeling the disrespect. We're going to do the JP poll later tonight. I, off the top of my head, forgot where we ranked Kentucky or rated Kentucky. Big difference. But I guarantee you, you will cry disrespect. Maybe not after this preview. So let's dive into this. What is the shot for Kentucky? Like I said, we learned our lesson. We're doing the game previews. If there is even, uh, what's another rarely used word? A modicum of a chance that you could win a game. We're breaking it down. Let's be realistic, though. And so you want to win the game. 
If the final score here were 27 to 14, would it be so bad? I don't think it would. Uh, but I understand that is not the Kentucky mentality. This is not some cute story. You need to understand this if you're an outsider. Most of you are. If you're an outsider and you haven't been watching Kentucky, they don't view themselves as a cute story. They think they made the right moves in the transfer portal, which for the record they did, uh, up to and including quarterback. But also they got Dare Rosenthal in there. Of course, Wondell Robinson was talked about a whole lot. They made the right moves. They know they've got the right coaching staff up there. Like They're ready to go in there and win the game. They've looked at Georgia. They say, good defense. We've played one before. we got a pretty salty offensive line in our own right. We average more yards per carry than pretty much anyone you've played so far. We feel like we are more in tune with our identity than any team you've played. We're going to go in there and do to you what Texas A&M sprung on Alabama last week. That's the mentality. So can they do it? There's a puncher's chance. There's an outside shot. You'd have to have some things go right. So let's talk about what would have to go right. Um, the approach here, I think, is pretty basic. Even with the addition of Will Levis, let's be real. When they beat Florida, when Kentucky beat Florida, it wasn't because of the passing game. It wasn't because of Will Levis. I think they failed to eclipse 100 yards passing in that game, by the way. It was because of a number of things. But first and foremost, for Kentucky to win games, they've got to establish the run. Now, this scares a lot of people for obvious reasons. When you talk about Georgia football and you say, well, to beat them, we're going to have to run the ball on them. Most people, they shut their laptop at that point. Most people laugh and walk away and let's go to a more serious conversation. You're not going to run the ball on Georgia. Well, no, you're not going to run it for 100% of what you normally do. You may not even run it for like 80% of what you normally do. Can you at least make them respect your ability to run? Can you at least manufacture enough on the ground? Can you keep Will Levis out of third and eight all day? Can you do that? Now, here's what's interesting. You go back and watch the Arkansas game. And I had a little more confidence in Arkansas being able to run the ball than they ended up being able to do. The Kentucky offensive line, I was talking to a coach today, former coach, and he was circling the Kentucky offensive line. He said, you know, when it comes to matchups, that Kentucky offensive line is a lot more favorable for a matchup against Georgia than Arkansas was. They looked at Arkansas, and a lot of people in the coaching community, they look at Arkansas and they marvel that Sam Pittman's even been able to do what he's done with them. Because they've won some games, and they haven't done it with an influx of transfer guys. They're largely playing with the same guys they inherited. They put about 20 pounds on all of them. But he's working with what he has. The Kentucky offensive line, especially with Rosenthal at left tackle now, they are a lot more apt to be able to get a little better yard per carry number against Georgia. Now, what does that really mean? If you rip off one 35-yard gain on an otherwise ineffective drive, and then you punt the ball and that's baked into a lot of other three-yard drives, it may make it look like you ran the ball effectively. You really didn't all that much. Can they sustain? Okay, that's the first thing. There are some people out there in the football community that believe of the teams Georgia's played so far, Kentucky does have the best shot. Here's what I counter with. What else does Georgia have to respect? Because if you throw it for 90 yards on them, they don't really respect that. I mean, Robinson's probably one receiver that Georgia has to pay a lot of attention to. How many more do you have? So that would be my counter to that. Uh, there's a lot of excitement here about Will Levis. Like, there should be, by the way. P ask Penn State what they would have given to have Will Levis Saturday night. But I say that to say this. He's going to have to do some things that they really haven't been able to do. At least they didn't do against Florida. They'll have to be able to do some of that. I mean, they'll have to be able to test Georgia deep. And that's a lot easier said than done. But what has to happen, and I don't care how they do it. It could be a special teams bust. It could be a defensive turnover turned into points, or it could just be good old-fashioned offensive scoring. They got to pop Georgia. 
Georgia has not been put in a position all year where Stetson Bennett or JT Daniels, either one, but especially Bennett right now, feels any kind of pressure. Everything's been done on their terms, because to Georgia's credit, they have grabbed every game by the throat, really even including the Clemson game, even though technically it was only one possession. I mean, this Auburn game last week, you're watching B-roll of it if you're watching on YouTube right now. When was this in doubt? I mean, if, when, when was it really in when was When was pressure applied? I was talking to someone today about how many passes Stetson Bennett has had to throw with less than a two-possession lead, and it's less than 20 all year. He's played multiple games now. So I say, I mean, I, I, I get tired of this phrase. I say that to say this, but I do say that to say this. Um, how do you score early on them? Can you score early on them? Can you spring something? Because here's what has to happen more so than anything. When you watched A&M Bama last week, the group of people that had to believe the most was that Texas A&M sideline and the crowd. Crowd's not a factor for Kentucky this week. It's a factor against them. But did you look at how different A&M carried themselves once they struck Bama early? And once they realized, hey, we just, we hit that thing and it bled. Look at it. It's bleeding more and more. No one's seen Georgia bleed, but they can. You just got to get close enough to them to cut them. So how does Kentucky do that? That's up to them. They got to answer that. There's several different ways you can do that. Um, I don't think it's going to be a 13-play drive to open the game that does it, but there are certain ways that you can do that. They got to win first down, though. Kentucky's got to win first down both sides. You got to get Stetson Bennett into positions where they do have to throw the ball. Now, they're capable of it. You're just tilting the percentages in your favor. If you're making Todd Munkin have to call some plays in obvious passing downs and he's not doing it with a three-score lead or a two-score lead, you get that to happen. And then all of a sudden, you shave off some possessions on your own, ideally at least one possession each half for Georgia. And it's, it gets really hard. It gets really hard to get some margin on someone when you don't have the ball enough. So let's get into what the model says, Jesse. Let's take a look at it. I know Georgia's a big favorite here. Our model has nailed Georgia this year. It, it's nailed it to the point where I wish I would have followed it. Because in all these big spread games, it keeps saying take Georgia. I can't remember. I, Georgia may have lost one game against spread. I can't remember. Uh, they've covered a lot. They may be undefeated. They've covered a lot. Uh, this one, it also says roll with Georgia. And I disagree. I will lean Georgia, obviously, to win the game. I will take Georgia to win the game. I don't think there's enough offensive firepower for Kentucky to win the game. Uh, if I'm wrong... I mean, you see the color scheme we chose in here. So, you know, we're, we're not anti-blue by any stretch. It's just I have to see that to believe it. But I think Kentucky's going to cover. I think it will be a very competitive game. It'll be hard fought. I think Georgia may walk out of this game feeling it even more so than they felt Clemson. Kentucky can do that to you. So I'll take Georgia to win. I will take Kentucky to cover. And I'm looking very forward to, even if they can't beat Georgia, can they do some things to Georgia that no one else has been able to do? Can they put a little better yards per carry number on the board? Can they put a fatter rushing total on the board? Can they complete some passes deep on the secondary? Just some things that you file away, because this is how you have to watch elite teams. Ohio State's this way most years. Bama's this way. Georgia's this way. Clemson most years is this way. Does someone in an otherwise forgettable game do some things that you file away in your head and say, well, that team couldn't take advantage of it. But this team, this team, and this team down the stretch that they play, maybe they can take advantage of it. So I'm looking forward to that. We're not going to be at the game because it didn't check as many of our boxes as Ole Miss Tennessee does, but uh, we will be in position to watch it before that game kicks off. Looking forward to it. So I told you uh, to start the show, and I was talking on the Late Kick Extra podcast earlier today about the benefit of free stuff. And as it turns out, there is no downside to you getting free stuff, at least if it's on the up and up. 
So our friends at Academy Sports and Outdoors, as I've told you, you may have thought I was lying, but I'm about to prove otherwise. They are, I'm talking about jacked out of their mind at the response that they've gotten from our audience, from the Late Kick audience. Because you are extremely loyal. I mean, that's kind of how we've built this entire show. We are a very unique show in that sense, in that we kind of, we kind of move together. And so we have moved towards Academy Sports and Outdoors, and they are our only partner here for a reason. I, didn't want to, I don't want to clutter up the set. I, I just want one big partner. They're our big partner. Well, you guys have been patronizing them. I mean, you've been hitting them up nonstop, and you've been showing them the proof. You've been tagging them on Twitter. You've been tagging me on Twitter, showing the receipts. One of you bought an insane amount of merchandise from Academy the other day that probably like paid for a quarter of their ad spend already. But Academy hit me up. I kid you not. Two and a half weeks, three weeks maybe max into their ad campaign with us. And they said, what can we do? You guys and your audience has gone so far above and beyond. We want to do more. Like We'll do more with you in the future. What can we do right now? That's for real. That happens. So I said what I know you guys want me to say. They want free stuff. So these right here are Academy gift cards. I'm holding a, a little small portion of what I've been sent. I said, give us free stuff. And Academy said, I right, check your mail in a couple of days. And sure enough, I walked down for the like uh, biannual check of my mailbox at my apartment and Academy has hooked you up. Not me, I don't think I'm even allowed to use these. Sucks, but hey, it's the benefit of you. I am gonna be in Knoxville this Saturday. A lot of you are too. So to this point, when you meet me on the road, it's just been, hey, how you doing? Let's take a picture. Uh, and that's about it. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying I wish I could do more. Well, I'm going to have a whole pocket full of these bad boys Saturday in Knoxville and in the coming weeks when I'm on the road. And so if you find me, uh, chances are you're getting some free stuff put in your pocket. So that is what our friends at Academy Sports and Outdoors are doing for you, in addition to the fact that they've got everything you need for that tailgate. They've got everything you need for your backyard. They've got everything you need, if you dress like me, for your entire closet. You could buy your entire wardrobe at Academy Sports and Outdoors. They're the official outdoor sporting goods supplier of us at Lake Kick, of the SEC, of the Big 12. They'll hook you up. If you can't get to a store, academy.com has got it for you. But as I, as I just showed you, look at that. That wouldn't happen unless you guys were coming through. So thank you for coming through. Continue to do it. I have no clue where they'll stop. They may give more free stuff away. You never know when I open my email inbox what they could be ready to give us next. So I would encourage you. You're going to buy stuff anyway. Do it from Academy. And then hit me up and let me know about it. Thank you, though, because that, <clears throat> that was a pleasant surprise. Normally, it's just bills in my mailbox. Now we actually had someone send us something. Rare. I could get used to that feeling. All right, let's continue with our Week 7 previews. Oh, boy. Okay, so... Alabama's going on the road Saturday. They're going to play Mississippi State. At Mississippi State, when we were doing our preseason schedule analysis, we circled the two biggest ambush games in the SEC this year, and Mississippi State had both of them. The first one was Texas A&M. They were going to go to Texas A&M. A&M had them sandwiched between Arkansas and Alabama. Well, they beat A&M. The second one was this game right here. Mississippi State off a bye. Bama is off back-to-back games against Ole Miss and at Texas A&M. It's their last game before a bye. And so it's just an ambush spot. Now, the difference is in the preseason, you thought it doesn't matter. It's Alabama-Mississippi State. And some of you may still feel that way. But I got burned last week for not breaking down a Bama game that they ended up losing. So uh, I penalized myself. 
Never again, never again, never again. Bama is favored by, as we speak, what does it say, 17. Bama is a 17-point favorite right now. This game is a 7 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. Not SEC Network, not ESPN2. They're sniffing it at the worldwide leader. Um, Who is Alabama? So let's ask that. We are, what, six weeks? This is the seventh week of the season. We're six games in to the season. What is Alabama? What's that offense? Because if you just watched that game against A&M, you may not be quite sure of your answer. Are they a running team? You could have fooled me once they got inside the uh, 10-yard line. Are they a passing team? Well, you got to be able to catch the ball effectively to be a passing team. What are we looking at here? They're not a defensive team. I can tell you that. Not really a defensive team right now. So what are they? I think that this is a very, very important game in not only the world of Alabama and obviously the world of Mississippi State, but also the SEC championship picture, the uh, college football playoff picture. It's October, so we can talk about it now. Because you're going to find out a lot, I think, about Bama Saturday. It doesn't always mean they have to cover. You just have to find out about the competitive character of the locker room. It bothers me that the voice of that locker room right now is a true sophomore. That shouldn't be the case there, but it is. Will Anderson is the guy. You always want to find the players that talk most like Nick Saban, that carry themselves most like Saban. It's not their seniors. It is Will Anderson. I'm going to tell you why. Because the worst recruiting class that Bama has had under Saban, that is that senior group. And out of the guys who really panned out, Sertain's gone, Waddle's gone, it's it's just a class cycling through. I'm not saying it's a bunch of dead weight, I'm just saying it is not special. This last class they brought in, best we've ever seen. In the history of recruiting, best we've ever seen. A lot of them aren't ready yet. Will Anderson is one of the best players in America right now. He's an alpha dog. Normally they got about half a dozen of them. Right now, you can count easily on one hand the amount that have shown themselves, but it's only halfway through the season. This is why they play all the games. So let's see how this pans out here. But who is Alabama? That's the first question. Because if they are that kind of team with the competitive character to get off the deck, they've got 31 on the board by the half this Saturday. That is a dot, 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 ellipsis. I think they call it in the medical world, so it remains to be seen. So what's the path here? Just like we talked about with Kentucky, Georgia, what is the path for Mississippi State? Well, you got to keep that Alabama pressure neutralized. So obviously, Mississippi State throws the ball a whole lot. And I can tell you, I don't know a lot of certainty about the Alabama defense. But I can tell you one, is that I don't think you'll see the aforementioned Will Anderson dropping back in coverage a whole lot this week. <laughs> like, he, like he inexplicably was asked to do a lot last week. They played, did Alabama, a bunch of 2-4-5. Two, two down linemen, and that's why they got run all over. It was, um, in retrospect, sort of a head-scratcher. Even for me, and you know I don't question play calling, so for me to do it on both sides of the ball is a little bit atypical, but I thought it was an atypical game plan. Uh, it, was, it was not something that in retrospect I think they'll want to duplicate. So Will Anderson's one of the best pass rushers in America. Alabama had no sacks last week. I think they had a couple tackles for loss, not many at all, maybe one tackle for loss. Well, that's got to get fixed. Well, on the other side, Mississippi State, you would say, oh, this is a perfect idea. And it's a perfect situation. Bama doesn't have to worry about the run. Mississippi State's going to try and throw it 60 times in the game. They're going to rack up half a dozen sacks, right? Maybe, maybe not. Because the hallmark of a Mike Leach offense is, hut, ball gone. Snap, ball gone. They get it out. They get it out really quick. So the first thing you have to do is just that. You've got to neutralize that pressure. Don't let that pass rush get home. The second thing you've got to do is go right back to the same well that Texas A&M did. And let's find out about Brian Branch, you know? Let's find out even about guys like Josh Job. 
Josh Job's a very good corner, but it was also good for about a penalty or two per game. Throw the ball on them. Make them show you that they can defend your guys and play the ball in the air and not have yellow laundry all over the field after they've done it. Attack them. Go after them. What do you have to lose, really? Uh, well, the answer is a football game. But you know you, you know you got the field tilted against you a little bit. You're going to have to take some risk here. I would go after the same suspects that Texas A&M did. Uh, the other thing is they've got to at least hold serve in the ground game. Mississippi State does not have a bad run defense. They give up, I wrote it down, uh, 3.2 yards per carry. That ain't bad. Alabama, I can assure you, is going to want to establish that and keep it established. You know, not just for 80 yards of the field, but maybe for all 100 plus this week. You've got to neutralize that. And what you have to do is that early down situation, you've got to get them into those third downs where Bill O'Brien does have to ask Bryce Young to throw the ball. Now, I have no doubt about Bryce Young. Accuracy, maybe a little iffy at times, but we're not all Mac Jones. But what I do notice is I do notice that the drops were an issue last week. I don't know how you get that rectified over six days. I will say this, you know, speaking of the transfer portal, I was talking about that with someone earlier today. Dabo Swinney was talking about it today. I don't know what Dabo's going to do. I am of the belief he's going to end up taking a bunch of transfers over the course of the next few years, but this is not a Clemson segment. I will tell you this, if Bama didn't have Jamison Williams, they would be up the creek right now. I don't know what they would be doing. And Jamison Williams... We got bad scouting reports on him. When he came out of Ohio State, there were a lot of folks, some of my Buckeye uh, friends, said he's a good straight line speed guy, but you're getting a track star. You are not getting a dependable receiver. He won't go over the middle. He'll drop the ball for you. Well, um, I'm not telling you he's never going to drop the ball. But as I watched other Alabama pass catchers get um, what we would very, very politically correctly term as alligator arms going over the middle last week. Jamison Williams was full speed, mouthpiece dangling, couldn't have cared less going across the middle. He is the one guy they got right now doing that. And let me be clear, the one guy doing that right now that can at least change a game. Um, they've got other talented receivers. I don't know if we're going to see them. I'm talking about their freshman class this week. But the guys like JoJo Earl, you know, Ajay Hall popped in the spring game. You haven't seen him a lot this fall. You're going to eventually have to. Christian Leary, you're going to eventually have to. I don't know if it's this game, but you're going to eventually have to. Devontae Smith popped in this game a couple of years ago. I don't know if you remember that name, Devontae Smith. He went on to do some good things. So the third thing you got to do, uh, one of my favorite Rod Stewart songs, Reason to Believe, you got to have your crowd singing that. They got to have a reason to believe. It's the same thing A&M did last week. Yeah, they sold it out. But I don't even know if many of those AM fans showed up thinking, we got a win in us tonight. They thought we purchased these tickets in June and we're not selling them because we at least want to be part of the experience. And then all of a sudden, a funny thing happened. They had a reason to believe they could win. And so Mississippi State's got to do that. It's tough to go to Starkville. It's the loudest stadium when you factor in the artificial noise that I've ever been in. Think about that. Because a lot of you don't realize that because you've not been there in person. It sucks. If you're a road team, it sucks to be in there when they are um, ringing the artificial noisemakers. You're supposed to call them cowbells. I call them artificial noisemakers. So those are the things that Mississippi State has to do. Now, Jesse, let's take a look at what the model thinks will happen. I'm going to tell you what I think will happen. So currently, the biggest number is Bama minus 17. If you are so inclined, the total is 57 and a half. Our model has this thing right in line with what Vegas has. It's got Bama minus 18. This is a pure principle play. You either think this is a rebound springboard game or you don't. 
because there are a lot of dynamics otherwise that are in Mississippi State's favor. I happen to believe that it is the first category. I am not as down on Bama as a lot of the country is after last week. I think there were a lot of factors in that game that contributed to the result of that game, obviously, that we will not see duplicated again. This is not going to be easy, but I do think Bama has a three-score win in them this week, so I will take them to win. I'm also going to take Alabama to cover, and if they can do that, then obviously they have shown something, and they've shown a little resolve in doing it. Then they get into the bye week. Then I think when they come out of it, that's when you see whatever version of that team Nick Saban plans on saddling and riding down the stretch. And I think that's going to include some younger guys. So Bama wins, Bama covers, and uh, fingers crossed, because who in the world knows right now with them? Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'll tell you I am very excited about where we're headed Saturday. So Ole Miss is a three-point favorite against Tennessee Saturday. And we're going to be there. Boy, I'm excited. We have not been to Neyland Stadium. And as soon as we announced the Renaissance Tour was headed to Neyland Stadium, I guarantee you athletic director there, Danny White, had to have been watching the show. There's no other reason, right? Couldn't be a primetime game in Neyland when they're 4-2. He announced they're going to checker Neyland. The checker Neyland. If you have not seen checkered Neyland, it's basically where the crowd looks just like the end zones. Every other section is white or orange. I, I got a 50-50 shot of being dressed correctly already. These are the kinds of games I love. Went to the Penn State whiteout, felt right at home. I got a 50-50 shot of feeling right at home against Saturday night. So this could be, scratch that, it could not be. It will be a wildly entertaining game. And speaking of Ole Miss, I mean, just want to remind you, all quotes in this game preview are mine. We have properly attributed them. I'm the one saying them. Yes, these are real quotes. If you know, you know. So the total is in the low 80s here. Let's have at it because some people still don't think that that's, uh, that's high enough. Josh Heupel, head coach of Tennessee, he was quoted this week as saying, don't you just assume that this is going to be trading points and it's going to be a barn burner shootout? Well, you're going to have to pardon me, but I think it's going to be every bit of what I just said. Yes, I don't know if 40 points is good enough to win this game. So it's going to be wild. It's going to be great. It's the reason why we're going to be there. Uh, bad defensive play is something that keeps showing up for Ole Miss. I had high hopes, as did Rebel fans coming into this season, that, of course, Matt Corral and that offense was going to be able to do some special things. And they're living up to their end of the deal. And they've run the ball. Every game aside from Bama, obviously, they've run the ball very well. 
Well, the problem is defensively they have not come as far as we hoped. And remember in the preseason I was saying if they could just have the 50th best defense in the country, that would be great. Well, that's not where they are right now. And it's the perfect recipe, if they're not careful on the Ole Miss side, for another Tennessee fast start. Tennessee, 83 first half points the last two weeks. Not total, 83 first half points, which makes you wonder, had they kept their foot on the gas the whole game, what could they have done? Well, the answer is violent, violent things. Now, they've gotten fat off a couple of bad defenses. Look at what's coming to town this week. Again, Ole Miss folks, I'm not saying anything you don't already know right now. So you can expect, I think, each defense not to largely just, just concede the 20 to 20 space, but understand that, all right, we got to make sure they don't score on 40 or 50 yard plays. We got to make them earn their way and kind of chunk, chunk, chunk their way down into the red zone. And let's just take our shots in the red zone. You know, let's take chances and let's hope we can either force threes or maybe in the midst of some of the sevens, force a couple of interceptions or let's just see how it goes. How about that? That's how about that defensive game plan? That's probably what we're looking at here. I will say this, though. Director Collin and I were talking before, and I said some things about Tennessee, and then Director Collin, as he is apt to do about Tennessee, finishes the sentence before it comes out of my mouth. I said, Tennessee, you know, Collin, they've got a top 50 defense. I think they're 45th or something total defense right now. Uh, some other metrics notwithstanding. I just want to be very general about it. Tackles for loss, been better the last few weeks. Forcing some turnovers the last few weeks. Now, if you do either of those, to any kind of successful degree Saturday in a game where you figure to have to trade points. You have to, it's like ping pong. You just got to keep returning, keep returning, keep returning. Well, I mean, if you can steal a possession, if you can force some turnovers, all of a sudden, I mean, they may have 35 on the board, you got 53, and all of a sudden, ball game. You don't even have to worry about anything other than just maintaining. Because at a certain point in these kinds of games, it was like when Bama played Ole Miss last year. Bama gets that lead late, doesn't really matter. They're going to score every time they get the ball. It doesn't really matter what you do. I wonder if that's the kind of game we get here. I have a hard time predicting games get into the 50s and 60s only because that's ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, JP, Angels in the outfield, it could happen. So Ole Miss, what I was encouraged by, I mean greatly encouraged by with them last week, is they did what they couldn't do against Bama. They ran the ball for over 300 yards. They do that again this week. You don't have to throw it 55 times. I think they have the right balance struck right now. Because if you think about last year, when Ole Miss played Arkansas and Barry Odom forced like five or six turnovers, they had to have spent their entire summer thinking to themselves, everyone's going to try and do that against us. And so what are we going to do about it? Well, what they've done is they've emphasized the run, which they were good at last year. When they pushed Bama last year, they had like 250 on the ground. So they've got to have that kind of game Saturday night. Uh, because I, I think Tennessee is in the neighborhood of forcing one or few, one, probably one or two too many turnovers if they have to go about it, you know, disproportionately through the air. So they, uh, it's going to be a swallow your box score pride kind of game, honestly, for both defensive coordinators. So Jesse, let's take a look at what the model thinks. The Vegas number, as I told you, uh, currently Ole Miss minus three. I think there have been some three and a halves out there. The total is at 81. I saw 82 right before I came on air. So yeah, take a deep breath. That thing starts at 7.30 Eastern. Don't make any plans before midnight. Uh, the model disagrees with this game. It almost thinks the wrong team is favored. The model is down at Pickham. I feel good about that. I think the model has a good grasp on Tennessee right now. I think Tennessee's gonna cover, and I think Tennessee's gonna win the football game Saturday night. And if that happens, and they move to five and two in a checkered Neyland Stadium, no less, with a bunch of A-listers on hand, 
and even other kinds of people like Brandon Walker from Barstool on hand. You know, I want to clearly delineate between A-listers and our buddy Brandon, but it'd be a really big deal because they will have already exceeded some preseason expectation if they do that. And certainly they still will have the Georgias and Alabamas of the world to play, but they'll also have Kentucky coming up soon. And all of a sudden you start talking about Tennessee being in some rarefied air that certainly no one expected them to be. And by that, I mean challenging for that number three spot in the SEC East. Who knows? Kentucky's sitting there saying, what are you talking about number three? We're challenging for the number one spot. True enough. Okay. Maybe Tennessee's battling Georgia and Florida for number two, number three. Either way though, you get what I'm saying there. This is going to be a great game. This is the kind of game that when people ask, why are you going to that one? You either get it or you don't. If you don't understand why Lane Kiffin returning to Knoxville for the first time with both offenses expected to explode and a line of three, if you don't get why that's appealing, Neyland Stadium at night, they're going to sell that place out, then uh, I don't know what to tell you. But we know what we're doing. Uh, We will be there, and we will be there with bells on. Looking forward to you guys. Remember, free Academy stuff on the line. All you got to do is ask for it. But don't bum rush me, please. Okay, uh, JP poll time. Let's take a deep breath, Colin. You know what this means. This, um, this never goes well for us, but yet it goes great for us because it, I mean, it really, it just is meant to engage and conversate with you. That's what it's meant to do. JP poll time, week seven edition. What are we talking about here? Not AP ranking. Let me state this clearly. If this is an AP poll, I've got Iowa top three. If, but it's not, okay? So Iowa is not going to be as high in this as you want them to be. Let me just preface everything. Kentucky's not going to be as high as you want them to be. This is about one thing and one thing only. Who would this model favor against who? Neutral field if they play tomorrow. Little nugget for you, by the way, right now. We're going to talk about this to end the show. There are five Big Ten teams in the top ten right now. Some of you scoff at that. Some of you say about time to that. Uh, do you know Ohio State would be favored by over a touchdown against every one of them? Now, Does that make sense to you? Because they're not undefeated. So is that disrespect? Well, if you think so, then bet the other side. What I'm telling you is the same kind of rating system that would make Ohio State an eight or nine point favorite against undefeated Iowa is the same kind of system we use to put together this poll. It is a poll of one. We have one person on this committee and you're looking at them, except that it's not necessarily me. It's the model that I am responsible for. So I want the credit. The model takes the blame. I'm kind of like Ed Orgeron in that way. So let's go to number 25 and let's work our way down, Jesse. I've got to pull up the file here. Okay, uh, the University of Tennessee is ranked. And I think it's disrespectful, since we're throwing that word around liberally these days. I think it's disrespectful that Tennessee, the state I reside in, is not ranked right now. I'm sorry to all of our Vol fans that our mm, acquaintances in the AP hate you. We don't hate you. We respect you. Enough where we put you in the JP poll, and I got news. I don't think that Tennessee is done rising in the JP poll. Colin, Tennessee, 25. 24, Wake Forest, uh, they're up two spots. Uh, we got Auburn dropping precipitously. Now, I looked at it because that's a big drop just to lose to Georgia. Auburn didn't drop a whole lot. We had some movement, like Nebraska's at 22. Nebraska's unchanged last week, even though they lost. I thought Nebraska was going to be higher. In fact, it is my personal opinion that the University of Nebraska right now is underrated at 22. I think they're one of the 20th. I think in a power rating sense, I would put them in my top 20. They have lost to Oklahoma, Michigan State, and Michigan by a combined 13 points the last three weeks. 
They are good enough to be five and one. They have played at a level to where they could be five and one. Bob plays, bounces a ball, plays, and very inopportune mistakes, aka football, uh, that has brought them down to sub 500. But this is a power rating system, so Nebraska's in there. And Texas A&M moved up a couple of spots. You would expect more, wouldn't you? I would too. I don't know what to tell you. A&M at 21. Hey, they are playing Missouri Saturday, and Missouri's bad. A&M's under a double-digit favorite. So let's just keep an eye on that game. It's an early kickoff. It's on the road. Missouri's rested. Let's just keep an eye on that game. Number 20 is Clemson. They're floating there. I believe there's probably going to come a time over the back half of the season where Clemson's going to end up top 15 again. I think they're going to play better football. The model's going to pick up on it. Uh, Kentucky, now look, I'm not even going to start to try and explain this to you. Kentucky did not drop after they won against LSU. They didn't drop. Some other teams moved up ahead of them. Or moved up ahead of them. I have a hard time getting the words out because I do think Kentucky's underrated. In this model, I do think they're underrated. In fact, I would take Kentucky over either of the three teams that are listed right above them right there. Uh, For the record, if you're listening on podcast, that would be Michigan State, Notre Dame, and Iowa State. Computers all like Iowa State more than the eyeball does right now. Uh, it's It's not personal preference, although I love that the computers love them. That's not me manually bumping Iowa State up. Uh, top 15 time, Pittsburgh. Very sneaky out there. Pittsburgh, kind of anonymous, not on the national radar. Good team, though. They're at 15. Oregon's at 14. Oregon is kind of an enigma right now. Uh, they've had some injuries. They've, they've been missing their offensive coordinator. They play on a Friday night. They play Cal. They're about a two-touchdown favorite. Gave some consideration in the preseason to go into that game. I ended up not going out there. Arkansas has not fallen a whole lot. They lost another game. I mean, if they hit the two-point conversion and they win the game, does it make them a different team? Not really. So that was their third consecutive trip on the road, by the way. So we got Arkansas at 13. They have lost to teams that we've got ranked ahead of them. So we're not going to drop them. They're supposed to lose those games if this model's right. Arizona State, the team I've been probably the most wrong on, is 12. Florida's at 11. And now let's go top 10. Texas is still in the model's top 10. And this does not surprise me. Because I think that now you got to start calibrating a little bit more. I'm not putting Texas top five. Notice that. Top 10. So when you talk about being in the top 10, you don't have to be perfect. In fact, if you're just high level on either side of the ball, this year in college football, that's good enough for a power rating to have you top 10. Iowa is number nine. We're going to get a lot of pushback on that. I don't know how much more plain I can tell you. Iowa in a power rating format is not looked at the same way they are in a merit-based ranking format. Iowa deserves, in the playoff picture of the AP, to be number two. That's where I'd have them, for the record. But an odds maker would laugh at that. And it's two totally different worlds. So Iowa's at nine. Michigan is at eight. Look at that. We got some Big Ten flavor here. It doesn't look all that too dissimilar from the AP poll. Ole Miss is still at seven. Ole Miss has not dropped a whole lot. Even though, I mean, they allowed 50 last week. Again, We're talking about a team that's elite on one side of the ball. If you're elite only on one side of the ball, you're not going to be top three or top two or number one. But if you can do it on one side, you can be top 10. If you're that good, you can be top 10. Penn State's number six. Uh, They dropped a couple of spots. Now, look, it needs to be noted, this is Penn State, and we have basically a question mark at quarterback. So if Sean Clifford, number one, didn't get hurt last Saturday, they would have won the game, I think. We all understand that. And number two, uh, that doesn't mean anything because he did get hurt. So there's the Iowa rebuttal. And number three, the model doesn't know how to handle that because they are not good uh, offensively without him. They showed some promise with him. 
basically there's just a TBD. That's what Penn State's ranking might as well be. How about top five here to round it out? Uh, number five is Cincinnati. They are up one spot. Oklahoma's starting to move. I had, I had a suspicion this would happen. And there is, there is reason to believe Oklahoma is about to hit a little different notch. Now, we got to wait for Saturday. They play TCU. So we got we to see it validate itself. You can't just assume it's going to happen. Oklahoma's at four. Ohio State's at three. I told you, according to oddsmakers, would be favored by over eight points against every other team in the Big Ten. At least eight points. Bama is at number two. We now have them one and a half points behind Georgia. Georgia takes the number one spot. It's the first time that we have traded those teams and put Georgia at number one, which is pretty noteworthy because we don't see that a lot that deep in the season. So Georgia, Bama, one, two, got old Miss in there at seven, got some Penn State, Michigan love, Iowa, Texas, I think is probably, I don't know, the one you'd probably argue the most. Uh, but I think I explained it fairly well. You can disagree if you want. That's fine. I've had worse pushback. All right, so let's wrap it up here. I just wanted to touch on something. And um, it, it popped up. So let me first tell you what the Late Kick Extra podcast is. That is exclusively in the podcast feed. You don't get that on the YouTube channel. You don't get it anywhere else. It's a mailbag. We do it on Tuesday morning and Thursday morning. I think it's the best content we produce. I'm biased. But it's, it's really fun. It's all you. It's Q&A. And so here's your endpoint column. Someone today on the Late Kick Extra podcast, they asked, do you think the Big Ten is overrated? And I thought about it because initially my gut was to say, I had to look at the AP first, and I said, oh, they got one, two, three, four, five teams in the top ten. Yeah, they're probably overrated. But that's not true. That's not true at all. If you think about it a little bit deeper, I was kind of a prisoner of what I criticize all the time. I was not judging them against the proper scale. This is what people do with great teams a lot. They do it with Bama. They do it with Ohio State. They do it with Clemson. They, they will judge them based on past versions of those teams. Bama, right now, I had them number two. You probably have a huge problem with that. It's because you really subconsciously judge Bama teams against past Bama teams. But that's not what we're doing here. We're judging any given team against the rest of the field in that given year. So let's talk about that within the context of the Big Ten. Big Ten's got five teams ranked in the top ten right now. If you think that means the Big Ten's overrated, here's really what you're telling yourself. What you're telling yourself is, I have a preconceived definition of what top 10 means in my mind. Independent of any given year. I've just got a, basically a scale in my mind. If you say top 25, I think a certain thing. If you say top 10, I think a certain thing. And I don't think there are five of those teams up there that warrant that lofty consideration. But that is not how you define whether a conference or a team or a group of teams is overrated. You have to judge teams in a ranking system based off the scale of that year in isolation, in a vacuum. And so we're looking right now, Iowa's number two, Ohio State six, Penn State seven, Michigan is eight, and Michigan State is 10. So in order for this to be true, in order for the Big 10 to be overrated as a conference or any number of these teams to be overrated, you have to show me who deserves to be higher. Now, I'm not talking about power rating, so take what the JP poll is, wad it up, throw it out the window. Now we're talking about legitimate rankings. Who deserves to be higher? Don't bring things like Coastal Carolina. We're serious right now. I'm not putting Wake Forest in this conversation. We're serious right now. Who deserves to be top 10 to such a degree that these teams don't deserve to be there? And I looked at it, and I don't think that there really is an answer out there. You could go semantics. I think Kentucky's 11 right now. 
So sure, if you want to tell me you think Kentucky's better than Michigan State, have at it. Flip-flop. Okay, what are we talking about at that point? At that point, we're saying the Big Ten has five of the top 11 teams in the country. My point is, I think college football has broken this way so far this year in such a manner that the Big Ten is not overrated. And here's really what it comes down to. What it comes down to, you could see this coming from a long way away. It's why we started calling it the Renaissance season way back in July. Colin, remember that? We started talking about it around July 4th. Said this season needs a nickname because it's got a funny feeling about it. If we're going to have packed stadiums and we got all these major quarterbacks, by Justin Fields, by Mac Jones, see you later, Trevor. Who's filling the shoes? Who's going to take their place? You might as well have George Jones lay down the soundtrack. Who's going to fill their shoes? Well, the answer is some inconsistency has filled their shoes. And we've got DJ Uyangalale that is not Trevor Lawrence. And as good as Bryce Young has been, this is not Mac Jones. And it's not just in the vacuum. Bama also lost historic amounts of talent at receiver. And we look at Ohio State. You you knew a guy who had never taken a snap in meaningful time was going to have to replace Justin Fields at Ohio State. And so all that's happening, Oklahoma didn't even fit this category, but yet they've already made a change at quarterback too. My point is, this is a year that is ripe for the Big Ten to thrive. Because the normal thing that was separating the elites in college football from the Big Ten was the quarterback position. Well, they ain't got it right now. And that's why no one's pulling away. You think in your mind, be honest, you think Georgia's the best team in the country right now. They've got Stetson Bennett at quarterback. God bless Stetson Bennett. And let me just give you a little side note that has nothing to do with the Big Ten. One of the popular talking points in my home state right now is, do we even need JT Daniels? Because Stetson's doing what we need him to do, and we've got a rock-solid defense. Let me be unequivocal in this. No, you don't need him to beat Auburn. You will absolutely need JT Daniels to win a national championship. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. That coaching staff knows it. Talked to a coach the other day. They know this. They're not winning a championship with Stetson Bennett. If you think they are, it's because you got amnesia. And you don't remember that far back. And you don't remember what wins in this game. Not in November, but in late December, January, when you got to win those extra couple of games, you got to be able to throw the football down the field. You're not winning games the way they're doing it right now. So the way they're doing it right now is great. Stetson Bennett has been great. I think he's a very good quarterback. In fact, I think he was a little underrated even last year. But the goal there is not to win 10 games. The goal there is not the Verbo Citrus Bowl. The goal there is SEC championship, semifinal win, national championship win. Yes, friend, you will need JT Daniels to do that. So now getting back to the Big Ten. No, I don't think they're under, I, I think they're properly rated. I've gone down this road with Notre Dame in the past, and I have beaten my head against a brick wall, and it's the worst kind of argument because you're arguing your points, and you go down points one through six, and the guy says, mm-hmm, okay, yeah. And I see that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then you say, okay, so did I change your mind? Nope, Notre Dame's overrated. You just hate, if you tell me you hate Notre Dame, that's fine. I grew up in the Deep South. I understand the hatred of Notre Dame. But the argument always with Notre Dame is, well, they got beaten by Alabama. Yeah, they got run out of the building by Clemson. Told you they were overrated. No one, no one rated Clemson uh, behind Notre Dame. No one rated Bama behind Notre Dame. They're properly rated. Who did Notre Dame lose to that they, uh-oh. Oh, we almost made it. We almost made it. We're going to time out. We're going to tap out. And then we're going to be back next week. Or Thursday at least. Because I have no voice. So see you later. Thank you. <coughs> oh, man.
and winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.